I have a message to share with you tonight that's called, What in the World is Going On? I was going to title it, maybe I'll make this a subtitle, Help, Lord, looks like people going nuts. <laughs> I mean, there are people out there today, not everybody's going nuts, but there are a lot of ones that, I mean, I just question, what, what are you smoking? Or what are you shooting up? Because your brain has gone somewhere, and it's not a good sense. But uh, it's 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 4 from the Amplified Bible says, but understand this. Say, I understand this. That in the last days will come and set in perilous times with great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self. I was sharing this scripture with Pastor Walt, and he said, you know, this, if you, if you were writing a little, uh, uh, column or something about what's today's society like, the world, as far as the world goes, this would be describing us today. Understand this, in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, utterly self-centered, lovers of money, and aroused by inordinate, greedy desire for wealth, Proud and arrogant, contemptuous boasters, they will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman. Just kill this baby. It's it's bothered me. I don't need to mess with it. They will be... Without natural human affection, callous and inhuman. Let me stop right here and say something, though. I hate abortion, and abortion is murder. But you know what? God loves you if you have had the abortion, and he forgives you, and he wants you to come to him. Don't let the guilt bury you. Come to him because he will forgive you. Without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, um, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled, fierce haters of good. I thought, man, even back here when this was written, what uh, Timothy wrote this years ago. Uh, Haters of good. That's where we're living right now. They hate good and they hate you if you stand for good. They will be treacherous betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God. And we're living in a critical time in history. We're living right smack dab in the middle of what I just read. And uh, I've never seen things as confused as they are right now. People just, I mean, it's just crazy. A four-year-old would have better sense than some of the things that leaders are doing. Wrong is called right, and right is called wrong. Abortion, homosexuality, rioting, violence are all heralded as people's rights and freedom of speech. No, baby. It is just sin. S-I-N. Can you spell that? S-I-N. Sin. People who oppose the agenda of darkness are labeled as haters and that we are a threat to the unity of the country. 
We're going to stand on God's word, whatever you call us and whatever you say about us. We're going to take our stand on the word of God. Amen. Amen. Waves of pandemic spread across the world with threats of even worse ones to come. In many places, church are not even allowed to have services anymore. In Afghanistan, the murder of Christians is a sport. In our country, and I, and, I, and I would imagine some of you have had this thought, we're concerned that our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren will never know America the free. They'll never know the innocence that we grew up in in this country. Well, I have a few questions to ask tonight, and they're pretty simple, but they'll get harder as they go. So I'm going to put the first one out there. First question is, are we seeing prophecies of the end time fulfilled on a regular basis? You're nodding your heads. Yes. Amen. We are all the time. All the time. And now I'm, I'm telling on myself here. But I, if, if you have had this same thought at some point in time, just smile real big so I don't feel lonely. But <laughs> I have thought at times, Lord, I wish I had been born and had already lived my life and was in heaven before I had to see what's happening in this country. Oh, I see some smiles. I see some smiles. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, we never dreamed that we would see these things. We, we read about them in the book of Revelation. We've watched all the old rapture movies and stuff. But man, we are smack dab in the center of all of this that was prophesied. But you know what? That kind of thought is just escapism. Because God has us here at this time for his purpose. We've been chosen by God to be here on this earth at this moment. And God has equipped us to handle what is happening by the power of his spirit. Jesus told us in John 15:18 through 20, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. And in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, Beloved, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened. It's in the book, folks. Might not be your favorite scripture, but it's in the book. Don't think it's strange. It's predicted by God as the last days, and we are in him. But then verse 13, here's a good one. Verse 12 said, don't think it's strange about these as if some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. But rejoice. Say what? Rejoice in as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when the his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. I like the way this one reads from the <coughs> message translation. It says, this first Peter 4, 12 and 13. Friends, when life gets difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God is not on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's hard for me to get through any sermon without talking about Isaiah 60, but when darkness covers the earth and gross darkness to people, the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. 
That's what I'm after. The glory of the Lord to show up and show for God to just show up. It says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That's what I'm believing for. Question number two. Does your prayer sound like whining in fear or an expression of faith? Now, some people's prayers kind of sound like this. Oh, God, I don't know what the heck is going on down here. I don't know what's coming next. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know if I'll get to go to the grocery store anymore. They're going to talking about shutting that down, too. And God, you know, God, you know, if I don't get my midnight snack of pickles, pig feet and gummy bears, I can't sleep at night. <laughs> I know that's kind of crazy, but you get the point. (laughs) That's not prayer. I'm not sure what that is, (laughs) but it's definitely not prayer. Proverbs 22.3. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. There's only one place to hide in the midst of all of this, what's going on now, and that's in the secret place of the Most High. That's the only place to hide. If you stay there practicing Worship and, and speaking the word and reading the word and thanking God in the secret place. You're going to be all right. Amen. And you can create your own world within this world in his presence. And you know what? What he's doing becomes more real to you than anything you see out here that's going on around you. It's got insights called inside information. <laughs> All right, question number three. What if things get worse? Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice In the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet. That's not ketchup. It's not like hind's. It's some kind of goat or sheep or something, I think. Hind's feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places. You remember how God kept Israel safe when the plagues, I mean, were just coming constantly on Egypt. Verse 19 there says, he will make me to walk upon mine high places. God has high places for those who rejoice in him and who stay in his presence and who love his word and his salvation and his spirit. And you know, I, I really like in that scripture it says, mine high places. Remember when little kids, that's mine. That's mine. Well, that tells me that there are places that are designed from, for, by God for just, just for you and just for me. Yeah. Mine high places. Mine high places. A personal place with Him in His presence Great for God. each one of us. And He will empower you in those high places so that you can go out and take His presence to the world. Number four, I am only one person. What possible difference can I make in this world? 
I've had that thought at times, but I have to cast that thought down because I can make a difference. Because one person who knows how to worship God and trust him completely can perform exploits in his name right in the midst of this mess that we see going on in the world today. Five. Now, this is good. I'm going to read this question twice. This is where they get a little more intense. Are you, talking to me, are you pre-playing your victory or replaying your defeat? Are you pre-playing your victory or replaying your defeat? David was a young man who spent a lot of time on the hillside tending the sheep and worshiping God. When a lion and a bear came to attack the flock, he was able to kill him with his own hands. He learned how to worship God out there. And he saw the power of God that could come on him when he needed it. So when he heard that Goliath had all of the Israeli troops hiding and whimpering And afraid, he said, is there not a cause? He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And I, I think we need to make some bold statements like that. Who, what is this world system that it thinks it can cast out the church? It can cast out the word of God. Who are these people who lay down these wicked laws? Is there not a cause? There is a cause. There is a cause. And, of course, we know that in 1 Samuel 17, 40-47, that David took his little staff, took his sling, took his stones, and he took Goliath out. And when Goliath said, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to kill you and I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds of the field. David, that means like, it was like Goliath pronounced his own doom because what he was coming and saying against the man of God came back on him. It came back on him. And David said, Oh yeah, well, I'm going to chop off your ugly head and I'm going to give the whole Philistine army to the fowls of the air. Like, whoa. And he did. And he did. See, he pre-played his victory. He didn't get in defeat with the rest of the the nation. He had the outcome in his heart before he ever went into the battle. He spoke his victory, then he lived his victory. Only a person who spends time with God will do that and have that confidence and speak with such faith. You remember when Elijah pre-played his victory over the prophets of Baal, he knew how it was going to come down. He said, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. He is God. He knew. But then right after that, that was when he pre-played his victory. Right after that, when he replayed the threats of Jezebel, he ran off and hid in the wilderness. And his words was, it is enough now. Oh, Lord, take away my life. Big difference. What you're playing in your mind will determine your destination. Your words, well, no, wait a minute, I move on too fast. Question number six. Your word, is your conversation reinforcing what the devil is doing 
or establishing what God has done. I'm going to read that again. That's a good one in there, really. Is your conversation reinforcing what the devil is doing or establishing what God has done? Your words are either helping or hindering the work of the enemy. I'm sorry to say, but I hear far more talk about the negative things that are going on in the world than I do about the God who is our victory. You just listen to the conversations. It's all its all the negatives. It's all the bad stuff that's going on. Well, how about in the midst of it all, my God's going to raise up a standard against them. There you go. God has given us authority on the earth, and we are either releasing it or we are hindering it. There is no truth whatsoever to the phrase, talk is cheap. Every word. Every word. Every single cotton-picking word is a current that's taking your life to a destination. When you choose your conversation, you are choosing your destination. So choose your words wildly. Wildly. How about wisely? <laughs> the other day, Walt shared a vision with me that the Lord had given him. And uh, he was just kind of looking at all the stuff that was going on in the world. And it's like, what's, what's you know, what's going to happen? There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. And all of a sudden, the Lord pulled him up. He was in the bedroom with this house. The Lord pulled him up away from the bedroom, away from the house. And although he was uh, awake, he wasn't seeing those things anymore. He saw the earth, the planet Earth, as a round globe. And he said the Lord pulled him back to where he was seeing the earth as a round globe. Well, the Lord said, you see that? He said, yes. He said, where are you at? He said, well, I'm on earth. He's like, but you're up here with me. My people are, I have given you my authority over the earth, but my people are not taking the authority. My people are not taking that authority that I have given them. Okay, so pop quiz, pop quiz. Where is cancer? On earth. Where is lack? On earth. Where is political craziness on earth? Big time right now. Uh, where is everything that you are battling right now? It's on earth. And he says, I have given you authority over the earth, but my people aren't using it. Well, we're going to, God. We're going to. Question number seven. Are you still rejoicing? God recently spoke to me and said, this is the time now to rejoice. Rejoice, okay. You know, when they're talking about taking away your Medicare, they're trying to take away this and taking that and jabbing you with this and requiring that and, and you know, censors on the Word of God. and da, da, da. This is the time to rejoice. I thought maybe this was the time, like they were talking about in the Old Testament where they hung their harps on tree and cried. <laughs> he said, no. This is a time to rejoice. If you fail to rejoice, it's an indication that what's happening on earth is bigger to you than what God is doing. 
Come on now. We read in Habakkuk 3 that even when the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vine, when the olive crop has failed and the fields yield no meat, and there is no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hebrews 13.15, by him, Jesus, let us therefore offer up the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Say this, always, always. And, continually. and continually. One more time. Always, always and continually. How can you rejoice in the Lord always and be all fearful and carrying on and freaked out by what's going on in the world? You, you really can't. You really can't do them both at the same time. Now, I'm not saying bury your stupid head in the sand and don't take a look at anything that's going on around you. I'm not saying that. I'm aware of what's going on. I know what's going on. But I choose to view it from a higher level. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above the principalities and powers and works of darkness. Far above. Number eight. What is the fruit of your lips producing? I want to quote a very famous man. Every prayer should be accompanied by praise. Every prayer should be accompanied by praise. And that was straight from hot off the press from my husband. I've heard preachers quoting it recently on on live streams in Miami. It's a good, good principle. Uh, You know, it's it's easy to just pray and pray and pray. This is what we need, God. This is what we want. This is what we believe. But what about accompanying it with just some good old-fashioned praise you, Lord, I believe you. I trust you. You're wonderful. God, I know you've heard my prayer, but Lord, I just bless your name. You are amazing, God. Everything I need, you already are, God. And I thank you and bless you. Glory, honor, praise to you, O Lord. The fruit of your lips is either harvesting your crop of blessings or uprooting them. Wow. You see, It's not what you do occasionally that shapes your destiny and creates your victory. It's what you do always and continually. When the world wants you to chime in about how awful things are, just say, no, thank you. Think I'd rather rejoice. No, thank you. Think I'd rather rejoice. Let God arise. See what happens. The enemies are scattered. Scattered, I'm telling you. Scattered. I believe with all my... That sounded like Norval Hayes, didn't it? (laughs) I, I honestly believe, and this is what I've been praying, God confound the plans of the wicked. It's scriptural that they fall in their own pits. It's like... Goliath, what he said he was going to do to David, David said, guess what, baby? It's coming back on you. That's going to happen to you, not me. Confound them. Destroy their plans. Let, you remember back in the Old Testament, they would start 
firing against Israel. And they would get so confused. And they'd start killing each other. Well, that's what I say. Lord, I don't mean literally killing each other. But let, let, them, let all their plans. Let them get so confused. Let them argue among themselves or whatever it takes. till they can't get a cotton picking thing done that they're trying to do. Because our eyes are on you. And in spite of the conditions of this earth, we're going to rejoice in the Lord always. We are going to rejoice in the Lord always and continually. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's praise him. Let's just put it into action. Lord, we rejoice in you. We praise you, God. You are God. There is none above you. You are awesome, God. We bless your name. We magnify you. We worship you. Lord, in all our ways, we acknowledge you. We thank you that you are Lord. Jesus is Lord in America. We're looking to you, God. Yet your light and your glory rise in our lives and rise in this nation, oh God. And Lord, let us go forth. As deliverers in the name of Jesus, with your precious gospel to the hurting, to the confused, to the fearful. And we thank you for it, Lord. We believe you're going to do it. We're choosing to say, no, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be in fear. But I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is your name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You are our victory. You are our victory. We're in the secret place of the Most High. A thousand might fall at our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it will not come nigh us. Because we are under your wings and in your care, God. And we praise you for that. We bless you for that. Hallelujah. And the pouring out of my spirit shall come upon those who are calling on me this day. For I have heard and I have seen your praise and I will reward you openly, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. I receive that, Lord. I receive it. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for it, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray for Ruby Ann right now. God, I send the word into these eyes. I send the word into these eyes. By Jesus' stripes, she is healed. She is the redeemed of the Lord, and we say so. We curse macular degeneration. We curse anything when we're trying to steal her sight. And we say, come down. Come down in Jesus' name. Loose her and let her go. God, give her a miracle in her eyesight. And I know her, Lord. She'll testify about it everywhere and give you the glory. We thank you, Lord. We command this disease to die. And we declare and decree that she is normal. In the name of Jesus, we rejoice. Thank you, Lord. We believe we receive and we rejoice. We rejoice. Whatever is bothering you tonight, whatever has been troubling you tonight, whether it's sickness and disease or whether it's trouble in your home, your family, your finances, just take it before him. 
pray and then rejoice that it is done. Yes, yes. It is done in Jesus' name. And if you're watching tonight and you have never made that commitment of your life to Jesus, you better do it. And you better do it soon. Because time is running out. We are living in the last days. Jesus died for you. He shed his blood for your sins. He raised from the dead to give you new life. And he said, if you'll accept me, if you'll make me your Lord, let me come into your heart and let me show you the purposes that I have for your life that will make you happier than anything else you could think of. The creator knows. The one who created you knows what will fulfill you and Just ask Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned. I want you as my Savior. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. You took the penalty of all my sin and that you have saved me. And I give my life to you today completely, totally, always and continually. I will rejoice in you and live for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, let's just worship him for a minute. I don't know if the Holy Spirit's done here tonight or not, but we don't want to miss this thing. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, God. Lord, I pray for this church. God, I pray that this church will know what it is to exist in a revival. I pray that Each person here will become a soul winner and a witness for Jesus. And God, I pray that this church will be raised up in Jesus' name. And that we will go tell your gospel. And that we will reach and pull those from the very forces of hell and bring them into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We bless Pastor David and Pastor Scarlett as they're traveling. Give them comfort and, and strength and, and Cindy and her family, Lord. Just give them comfort and strength and just keep our pastors safe in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Hallelujah.